Welcome to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast, a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Moira Sutton and her amazing guests share real-life stories, tools, and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life. Come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears, obstacles, and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to our second season, episode 22, The Power of the Heart to Connect and Heal, with our very special guest, Sheva Carr. Sheva Carr is a visionary, humanitarian, creator, lover of life, author, speaker, and the founding CEO of Heart Ambassadors. She is also the co-vice president and UN delegate leader for the United Nations Peace Messenger Organization, Pathways to Peace. Sheva helps people all over the world learn how to access your heart intelligence and peace of mind to receive the benefits of the heart's impact on your relationships, health, performance, creativity, contribution, legacy, social change, and the building of a global culture of peace. How important is that? She is honored to collaborate with an incredible team of colleagues and friends at Heart Ambassadors. At Heart Math Institute, they're committed to helping awaken the heart of humanity, to wake up. <laughs> they believe that when we align our hearts and our minds and we connect with others, we awaken the higher mental, emotional, and spiritual capacities that frequently lie dormant. Today, you will learn so many wonderful wisdom gems and the, the grace of what Sheva has to share with you and learn about the power and intelligence of the intuitive heart and how heart-based living empowers co-creation with others, others for the benefit of you and everyone. So without further ado, I'm so thrilled and honored to introduce you to our very, very special guest, Sheva Carr. Welcome, Sheva. Oh, what a warm welcome. Thank you so much, Myra. What a joy to be here with all of you. I, your background, I'll tell you. <laughs> It could be pages. So for people who are listening, they're going to have all the links to go and find out more about, um, you know, all these different areas, but also more about you because you've brought so many gifts into the world and you truly are a visionary and human humanitarian that cares and you come from your mm. heart. So what a beautiful thing. So that was well, like a mini intro. <laughs> thank you for that profound acknowledgement. Although I think the most exciting thing about our conversation is that, thank goodness, it's not about me. It's really, if, if we invited all your listeners in this moment to point to themselves, 99% mm. of them would point straight to the heart. Mm. There's only one culture in the world where pointing to the self happens in a different way. It's Japan, they point to the tip of the nose. And the tip of the nose in Japanese acupuncture, I happen to be an acupuncturist as well. The tip of the nose in Japanese acupuncture is a reflex or a diagnostic doorway to the heart. So across 
every socioeconomic strata in all societies across every culture, our sense of self lies at the heart of who we are. And that's what our conversation is about. It's about your listeners' hearts. It's about the one heart that unites us all. That's so fascinating. What's interesting with that too, when you said it, I touched my own nose when you were saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Because when my son was younger, but I still do it to close friends and my husband and and, uh, and my mom is I touch them on the heart and I, on the nose, their heart then connected. But I say to them, you know, it's because when I do that, it's a very special connection. And, and that's when I do it, I really feel I love you so much. Like there's not words for it. It's just, so that's very, very cool. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. Love is not just language. And we know that certainly, you know, you can think about how love expresses itself in action, but love is first and foremost an energy. And now um, one of the fascinating things going on at HeartMath is that they published peer-reviewed evidence-based research in the American Journal of Cardiology showing that love changes the heart rhythm pattern, love and other renewing emotions like care and compassion and gratitude, change the heart rhythm pattern into this uniquely ordered, coherent waveform. And that pattern, when we look at the electromagnetic fields the heart generates, because anything electrical in nature broadcasts a field, your cell phone, um, the heart, each heart cell is its own battery. So it's electrical in nature and is broadcasting this field around it the same way this podcast is being broadcast as a podcast. Each of us is broadcasting what we feel into the field environment all the time. And through spectral analysis, we can now analyze the broadcast of your field with such accuracy that we can tell you what you're feeling to 90%, 80 to 90% accuracy, distinguishing frustration from anger. So we can actually see how the energy of love moves through electromagnetic field spectral analysis. Thank you. And, and as you, as I was reading with HeartMath, you know, the power lies inside and how you just said the heart changes all the time. So why don't, why don't we just drive, dive into that, the feelings of appreciation and gratitude. And let's go into coherence. If you can define what coherence in the heart is and how feelings like appreciation, gratitude, and forgiveness is so important. Absolutely. So um, everyone listening could just pause and consider what the word coherence means to you. Often we think of it in terms of incoherence. And usually when we think incoherence, we think about someone who's speaking incoherently with slurred speech or someone who's drunk and can't walk a coherent straight line. So coherence is um, the integral synergy harmoniously of a number of parts working together. If we use a light bulb analogy, the room that I'm sitting in right now uh, is lit up by some incandescent light bulbs, 40 watts probably. 
the incandescence is incoherence. It's a chaotic or dis, uh, kind of um, dispersed waveform. But if I took that same 40 watt light bulb and made it move in a coherent waveform, a sine curve where all of the photons are in alignment, do you know what type of light that would be, Moira? I would think a very bright light. It would be very bright and very focused. Focused, yes. So what's a very bright and focused light? It's a laser. Mm -hmm. So that same 40-watt light bulb, if I turned it into a coherent laser, could reach the sun from my living room. So coherence aligns everything working together, and that makes it more focused and more efficient. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the same is true of us and our physiology. So if you think of the heartbeat like the conductor of an orchestra, when it's beating coherently, all the other body's systems, over 1,400 things, line up in synchronization with it. And that's a state called physiological coherence, where the body, the emotions, and the thought process are all in sync and aligned. And that turns out to be a very beneficial state to our health, our well-being, our productivity, our capacity to perceive life accurately and respond effectively. And what creates that cardiac or physiologic coherence, it turns out, are feelings like gratitude or appreciation or care or compassion or love. I want to acknowledge we're broadcasting this to the field environment, this conversation on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, or the celebration of him anyway. Mm -hmm. And he said, love is the most powerful force in the universe. Mm -hmm. And it is also the most accessible force because anyone can learn to access its power. And now we have some legitimate science that proves that poetic quote accurate. When the heart is beating in a coherent pattern in love and gratitude, its power spectrum, the, the physical power output electromagnetically and electrically, can increase seven to ten times more than when we're in a state of relaxation or frustration. So this is a source of empowerment and has tangible benefits from balancing the autonomic nervous system. So it reduces stress hormones and improves sleep and reverses certain aging biomarkers and those kinds of things. To actually now the leading edge of our research is looking at how collective hearts radiating love and care into the field environment can actually tip the balance and change global events like some of the civil unrest we're seeing or weather patterns and earthquakes and violent conflicts, things like that. That ties exactly into one of the areas I was going to go about the collective coherence and social coherence. And, you know, again, how do we deepen this heart connection and be part of this bigger movement? This for me is about the oneness and unity and celebrating diversity in a unit unified field. Like we are all connected and to really create a 
more heart connected world. So you just more or less touched on that. (laughs) Well, what's very exciting about your celebration of oneness is that now what the science shows is when the heart, when a person's heart gets coherent, which we can do some exercises together today to create individual and collective coherence with this community, which is we're discovering quite a huge act of service for the planet. Mm. And, but when each one of us pauses, any one of us pauses to get coherent physiologically, a coherent heart rhythm oscillates at what we call 0.1 hertz per millisecond. That's a, a frequency range. And that turns out, that 0.1 hertz per millisecond turns out to be the same as the background noise of the universe. So when we get coherent, we are lining up with the oneness we intrinsically have with all that is. I'm just, when I'm listening to you, and I knew this would happen, Shava, that, you know, <laughs> I'd be crying maybe, or some tears would come up because, <laughs> because of that, that pure love that, that I've, that I knew talking to you before, just anything around this, that's, that, that comes up. And I even said to my husband, oh, I might cry during this interview, which is fine. I, <laughs> it I is crying. Crying is legal. I actually, you know, when I first started practicing heart math, um, every time I would pause to practice a heart skill, my eyes would well up with tears. And I obviously was activating things like gratitude and love. And I was like, that's weird. And my ultimate decision about it was that was my version of my cup runneth over. <laughs> oh, oh, how sweet. So yes, let's do an exercise. We That would be such a gift for the listeners. And, and then we'll continue on this beautiful conversation. What would you like to do? I know there's so many great exercises. I don't know about the heart focused breathing one or, or the doorway to your heart. And you, you pick the one that, that would be. Well, we can do, we can do both. Why not? It's a a both end universe. So, so let's actually begin because today isn't about me or you more. It's really about the heart of your listeners. Yes. I want to invite everyone listening to pause and just ask yourself, Obviously, Moira and I are taking your contribution of attention to our time together very poignantly to heart. And what I mean by that is, uh, look at it this way. Super Bowl advertisers will pay $5 million to $60 million for 30 seconds of your attention. And you're going to spend 45 minutes with us. That's 90 times. That's like, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's huge. That's 90, 30 second segments. That's worth millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and more. So by giving us the gift of your attention, what do you hope to receive from it? If you could have anything at all, that you wanted from coming together today with us, what would it be? And just, you could write it down or make a mental note. What do you really want for yourself and for our world? And then ask yourself, 
if you got what you wanted, how would you feel? How would others in the world feel? And here's the real math of heart math. It's before we had algorithms that measured heart rhythm patterns. We had this equation. The events of life plus our perception of those events and reaction to them equal the outcomes. Events of life plus our perception of those events and our reaction to what we perceive equals the outcome. Now, anyone who knows that one plus one equals two knows that if we change it to one plus two, then what's on the other side of the equal sign also has to change. So we can't always change life events. And boy, have we had a lot of life events in the last year. Yes, we have. But we can always shift our perceptions of those events and always change our reactions. And when we do, when we come forward with a heart response from love, that has to change the outcomes. We become a part of the math equation changing the world's outcome. So if if our listeners were in this moment to create a very herky-jerky, chaotic scribble of halfway across a page, just writing a chaotic up and down, up and down, up and down scribble. And underneath that, what we would call a, a sign curve, just rolling hills and valleys, a little up, a little down, as if uh, someone had a crayon and they were drawing hills. Moira, if you could be our guinea pig for the listeners and say which one of those lines would represent the feeling you want to have from what your heart desires being here today, the top line or the bottom line? The bottom line for me is is the rolling versus the, the, the top line, which represents for me incoherence versus coherence. That's right. It is incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> and what those lines are is actually a pictogram of heart rhythms. Wow heart rhythms when they're incoherent versus when they're coherent. So chances are, whatever any of you want from being here listening today, what your heart's desire is, is not the thing. It's the feeling you tell yourself it will give you. If you wanted to win the lottery, but I said, okay, you can win $500 million with one caveat. You have to make a deal with the devil to be miserable and depressed for the rest of your life. Then you can have the money. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to opt for, Moira? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, thank you. Because it's not ever the thing we want or the thing we think we want that we really want. It's the mm-hmm. feeling we tell ourselves it will give us. Mm-hmm. And the great good news is the heart itself is a generator of feeling. So we don't have to wait 
for life to give us what we think we want to reactively feel the way we want to feel. We can proactively generate feeling and be creators and at cause. So we can move from being reactors to being creators. I love the fact that they're those two words have the same letters rearranged. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fun? So it is fun. With heart power, we can be the source of feeling in the world, which is why my book is called Being the Source of Love. Beautiful. So right now we do that, and HeartMath gives us the methodology for this. So it's not just, again, some kind of poetic ideal, but it's actually a physiological actuality. The first step to doing it is to focus our attention on the area around the heart, the chest area. And while our attention is in the area around the heart, if you find it helpful, you could put your hand there, but it's not necessary to make the tool work. While focusing attention in the area around the chest, the invitation then is to imagine the breath is flowing in through the heart and out through the heart, breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Some people find it helpful to count. You don't have to, but if you do, you could count to five as you breathe in. And count to five as you breathe out. And I invite you and your listeners, Moira, just first to notice any changes happening in your body, your emotions, or your thought process as you breathe in and out with your attention focused in the heart area. Is there anything you observe, Moira, happening differently in your body, your emotions, or your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> um, we discussed this before, and I just want to add it, um, that uh, during as the, the accumulation of the year with the pandemic and then my husband been going through two surgeries, one cancer, one heart surgery, um, everything accumulated through the years, I started feeling very anxious in my heart. And I was so scared to tell you the truth because seeing him go through the the heart surgery and all um and then receiving two stents i think they're called like never know if i get that right um it terrified me that i was feeling anxious in my heart and i was feeling this heaviness that i even went for a test to get it checked out but this kind of thing is perfect because it just it goes away the pain goes away any anxiousness it just allows you to be and literally be in a state of gratitude and presence, um, love. So it's a very, very, it sounds like a simple exercise, but it's extremely powerful. And that focus again you talk about in, 
you know, and the emotions that we that we experience. Because I used to say, and I still say, emotion is energy in motion. So that energetic part of who we are. So this heart part is it's almost like the missing key for myself for my own health and well being. So, so thank you. Mm, thank you for sharing so vulnerably. And you're absolutely right. Just that much. Mm-hmm. what we call heart-focused breathing mm-hmm. actually begins to balance what's called your autonomic nervous system. That's your fuel and brakes of your car, of your body. And just like in a car where the gas pedal and the brakes determine a lot about what the car is doing or not doing, your autonomic nervous system in your body governs ni- upwards of 90% of your body's functions. So just pausing for a moment of heart-focused breathing by itself can really start to rebalance your system. Now, Moira, you're a quick study. So for you, it helped reduce your anxiety right away. For your listeners, I don't want anyone to worry if you didn't feel a change like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's not working. Not everyone will feel such a dramatic shift right away. But there is another step that we can add to heart-focused breathing to amplify its nervous system immune and hormonal benefits to us as well as end up benefiting the world. And that is a third step we call heart feeling. And when we add a heart feeling to heart-focused breathing, the tool becomes the quick coherence technique because it quickly gets our physiology coherent. And a heart feeling is any feeling that makes you feel renewed or feel good. So chances are whatever you identified that you wanted and the feeling you thought it would give you, that's a renewing heart feeling. And here's a fun tip at the heart racetrack. (laughs) You can't want something you haven't had a taste of before. Moira, you have kids, right? I have a one son, yes. One son. So when you were raising him, did he want sugar before he tasted it? Mm-hmm. No. No. No, I, was- no but the reason I said no, and I should have really listened to your question. I was as soon as you talked about his eating, he's a very he's always been a very particular eater. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I don't be a good thing. Yeah, I think it is. Um so I was yes, and I don't like labels, so um no, but he he also eats some really great things. But yeah, he's, he's not a person that tries a lot of things. Where I I love food in the sense of trying different cultures, like their different foods, their backgrounds, their histories, like all those kind of things. So, so I don't know if I was a quick study with that one, Jeff. <laughs> no, it's all good. But the, the 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 point of it here, and you could see this with pick, a picky eater who doesn't try a lot of new things. Selective. That's the word it's, I wanted. Nice. I like that. Yeah. You can't want something you haven't tasted before. So like, um, I was kind of the evil influence on my two goddaughters who, whose parents work with the, the circus, actually, they tour the world doing this amazing, beautiful, uh, horse show. And I was the one that introduced them to sugar. (laughs) Before that, they had pristine vegan diets. 
<laughs> and then their evil godmother introduced them to, I don't know what it was. It was like some kind of berry jam with sugar. And of course, after that, then they were asking their parents for sugar. <laughs> so the good news about this is the feelings that you want, the sweetness of that, mm-hmm. which is low calorie and won't give you tooth decay. <laughs> the sweetness of those feelings it has to be something you've tasted before. You wouldn't have a desire for it again. Part of the challenge is when we tie the feeling to a particular outcome. Like, I won't feel happy again till I have a boyfriend, or I won't feel happy till I can buy my own house. Those attachments can block our heart from generating the feeling because we're telling ourselves we can't have it without something. Totally understand. Yep. (laughs) But if we can tinker with untethering the feeling from what we've attached it to, and here's the step we're going to play with together now that could help us with that. We could appreciate that we've had that feeling before. And that appreciation becomes a doorway to access more of the feeling now in whatever new form life wants to bring it in. So I want to invite your listeners, Moira, to come back to what was the feeling you wanted from what you wanted from being here? For me, I would say when I tuned into that for myself, it was really a quality of peaceful aligned presence. Beautiful. But whatever feeling you chose for yourself is legal. Do you want to share yours, Myra? When I did this exercise earlier, I when I listened to it, the first thing I went to, like Cliff and I lived on a sailboat many, many years ago in the Bahamas. And there was a freedom to it and, and outdoors and connected to the water and nature and, again, cultures and the islands and that. And it just, it's, there's an expansiveness to that feeling. And, I just, and it's warm sun and he, he snorkeled for dinner and for fish and it was just so beautiful and so that's what, oh, sounds awesome yes i'm going right there. i'm like i'll have what she's having <laughs> so that's where i went to when i first did it and the feeling i love the question anything you you want and and then the feeling that you went into because right away that's where i went that's where i went and um, nice. and and i I do know that there's was a feeling of oh an adventure. Adventure is a yeah or event uh, value for myself. When I did it today, I, I went more um, for humanity and the planet. Where you know where maybe there's a barter system, but everyone is inclusive, and you can just be yourself and and be honored right. for that. And that's the the, the bigger vision. What where I was playing with that one today, and like you said, they're all good because you know, you could do this for your health, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, you can do it in any category. And it's just such a powerful doorway to your heart. So what I'm really hearing your vision for humanity today, as we're dialoguing on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Mm -hmm. is this energetic of freedom and inclusion and acceptance. Yes. So And again, you couldn't have a desire for that for the world without having some inner reference point of experiencing it yourself. 
often what we focus on as human beings is the contrasting experience that shows us where our values are missing. And we forget that those contrasting experiences are designed to highlight the values we hold dear Mm -hmm. and leverage us as a source of those values. Instead, we become stressed by experiencing our values in jeopardy. But this practice of quick coherence allows us to be leveraged as sourcing the needed missing or jeopardized value. So Moira, we could take yours right now together and focus our attention on the area around the heart, the chest area. And while maintaining that focus of attention in the heart, come back to breathing, imagining the breath is flowing in through the heart and out through the heart, heart heart-focused breathing. And with that heart-focused breathing, we could breathe reference points and feelings that we have known of freedom and appreciate that freedom. As we breathe in through the heart and out through the heart. Or inclusion and celebration and acceptance of diversity. Or if you want to try mine on, you could breathe peace and aligned presence in through your heart and out through your heart. Or we could travel to Barbados with you, Moira, (laughs) even in a pandemic without airfare. By just breathing fair air in through our heart and out through <laughs> our heart and uh, activating the feeling of warmth and expansion and adventure and connection. Now, there's so much richness that occurs in the body, mind, soul physiology as we do this quick coherence. But among other things, one of the things we've been able to prove out at HeartMath is it actually activates the physiology of intuition. So a brain has been discovered in the heart with its own proteins, neurotransmitters, support cells, its own intrinsic nervous system. And this brain is trying constantly to dialogue with the brain in our head almost like a bad cell phone commercial. Can you hear me yet? (laughs) (laughs) Or when you're in Zoom and half the people are muted. Can you hear me now? No, you have to unmute. (laughs) (laughs) But in this case, it's the mind static that tends to have to quiet down to be able to hear the heart's guidance. So if everyone again were just to focus attention in the heart, And breathe in through the heart and out through the heart. Activating whatever renewing feeling you're guided to right now. 
I like your Barbados journey, Moira. I'm going there. then you can pause to be receptive to your heart's intuition for a moment. You just tune the signal on the dial between, it's like the proper phone number to your guidance system. And listen for anything at all your heart wants you to know right now. Now, the other thing that it does, as we talked about, is it broadcasts information into the field that can contribute to diminishing civil unrest or violence or offsetting damage to the natural world, climate change. So as you continue to breathe your renewing feeling in through the heart and out through the heart, you can imagine radiating this renewing warmth as compassionate care into the field environment given the precarious political and environmental time we're in. Just holding a heart's caring intention for what is highest best for all to unfold. And again, you can be receptive to your intuitive guidance about any actions you could take to contribute to that highest best for all. When we add that radiance, that heart radiator, then the quick coherence technique becomes a heart lock-in, which we teach more about in our Shift to the Heart course, which Moira, I think we've made available as a gift to all of your listeners. You have. It's very generous, and they're going to have the links below the episode. Not only to the beautiful gift, also tools for stress, how they can get involved, and, you know, with heart mass, mass, heart mastery program and also pathways to peace and just be part of this. Because as you said, the more of us that are aligned with this higher vibration and the more of us that are holding this space for humanity and our planet, I truly believe that together we can raise our consciousness and our vibration for the greater good of humanity and our planet. So this is totally in alignment with the message that I want to take out there and what you are sharing. And yes, so they'll have all those links for all those beautiful gifts. And there's, 
just total love. This has been um, just quiet, a quiet moment with you, Shayla, going through this and feeling that so powerfully in my own heart and just how powerful this is. I, I hold that what you're saying with this exercise, I do that every day in my meditation. I call it meditation slash prayer, um, but I, I hold that energy for the planet and humanity that that's what you focus on. And when we're being bombarded by the news or all this stuff happening, you know, no, focus on the celebration, as you said, with you know Martin Luther King Jr.'s day, what that message is, and about the us aligning with these higher values. And that together, I believe that we can create this snowball effect and shift because love is the most powerful emotion. Well, and it's all this key hinge moving from being a reactor to a creator. So yes. when you're bombarded by the news, you're a reactor. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the news to see what needs your love today. Perfect. Then you're a creator. You're a divine gardener. Mm -hmm. And you're just walking through the garden of life, seeing what needs water, what needs more sun, what needs your love, care, and compassion. Yes, that's beautiful. And I, I truly believe what we can create here on earth, you know, the Garden of Eden, we can have this beautiful life here. We have all these beautiful tools that you're sharing that and this capacity to go back to remember who we truly are and you know, we're infinite beings and we're spiritual beings and we're very powerful. And I think we forgot that, how we can be empowered and inspired to really co-create with others to create this beautiful world. Beautifully stated, Moira. Well, I, I know that your time is so precious and um, we are going to have you back. I feel this message will continue our discussion. I feel this message is so important to keep restating it and new people hearing it that this might be a new concept for them and for them to know that there's these tools and people that they can be in this community with others who are light workers and that they care um that's huge absolutely yes. none of you are alone no we're none of us there's a, a robust community so that shift to the heart course will be a community unto itself a cohort of folks who will gather in group discussions around the five webinars that you watch. And you can come join our global community on our daily Heart Start calls if you participate in that Shift to the Heart course, where we practice these tools together every day to send heart together as a community to the global community. It's so beautiful. And little Sheva, thank you for sharing your, your wisdom and from your heart and soul, because that's what this show is about, heart, soul, and wisdom on the power of the heart to connect and heal and this global coherence initiative. Namaste. I, oh, I namaste. love, I love, love, love your brand, the heart, soul, wisdom. <laughs> and I just have to say, so obviously uh, heart is about heart and heart math is about heart. The founder of heart math has said sometimes off the record that the heart is a trunk line to the soul. Oh, I love that. And of course, when we access the intuition of the heart, that is wisdom. 
So your heart, soul, wisdom, trinity brings all of this together. And I was just recently talking to a friend of mine who's a longevity expert uh, who's put together these different building blocks of longevity and wisdom is one of them. So you now all have access, thanks to Moira, to tap into your own wisdom through the power of your heart. Thank you from my heart and soul, Sheila. And I look forward to having you back because, as I said, this is so important and for us to reach more people. And thank you for your gift and just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Namaste. Right back. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.